We'll begin our study today in Psalm 1, verse 3. And once again, we're going to see the two paths, the two choices there are for living. Here's Pastor David. Now remember, if you've been here, I've I've set this up to, to understand this first psalm is one of these places in Scripture where we're given very clearly, as we are in many places in Scripture, two paths. Two paths, right? There are only two paths. No more, no less. No matter what our culture tries to tell you, no matter what you hear from anybody out there, there are only two paths. You either follow God, the King, the creator of the universe, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, who knows you, who loves you, who has a plan for you, who's sovereign, or you follow yourself and your own desires and believe in your own strength and some version of your own righteousness. Those are the two paths. One path is Jesus. The other path has all kinds of names. It can be called religion, all kinds of different religions that are just a way to build up your own righteousness. That's not really righteousness. It can be called atheism or agnosticism or being a Justin Bieber believer, right? <laughs> so a lot of paths out there. Even some people call it Christianity when it's not. When what they follow is not Christianity. There's a lot of folks out there who use the name of Christ for a path that is not biblical. Here's the thing. The Bible does not allow for multiple interpretations. This is extremely important. You have to understand this because people will say, well, the Bible could mean this and the Bible could mean that. Let me just tell you something. There are some places where we have good, lively debates on what the scripture means about certain things. Okay, We call those secondary issues. There's some of that. Sure. But let me tell you what the Bible could not be more clear about. Jesus is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father, no one comes to the Father but by Him. That there are two paths that they're very clear we see here in Psalm 1. We see it in this, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' Sermon in Matthew 5-7 through 7, that we spent some time studying, quite a bit of time studying, in a series we called Right Side Up. If you haven't uh, studied that with us, you can go back online or wherever we have, uh, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube or whatever. we got all those sermons there. And you can check all that out. Jesus talks very clearly about the two paths. We see it over and over in Scripture. Undoubtedly, very clearly, two paths. And here we see it in Psalm 1. The paths are clear. God leaves no confusion. And it's a good thing on this issue that he leaves no confusion because we want to make confusion here. We want to create confusion here because we want to believe that there's other ways to do things other than just God's way because we want to go our way. But there is no confusion that God leaves here, leaves for us when, as he reveals this to us in scripture what these two paths are. So let's read the first couple verses of our study for today. Verse 3, he shall be like, this is the the blessed man, the godly man. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind drives away. The blessed man, the godly man, is not like the ungodly man. We've already been told that. He doesn't walk in the way of the wicked and all that kind of stuff, right? He doesn't walk like the ungodly, doesn't stand in the path of the sinner, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. That's not him. He delights in the law of the Lord. 
On it, he meditates day and night. It's all the time. It's in his mind. He's muttering under his breath. He wants to know Jesus. He wants to know the law of the Lord. That's what he looks like. And what is he like in doing that? A tree. There's a lot of times where we want to explain something. I find myself in this situation. I use words a lot. As in my career as an attorney or whatever, I have to use words. That's basically the tools that I have. And so I use words a lot, but there are some things that are just really hard to explain. And one of the things that's so cool about the Psalms, these songs that have been written emotionally and artistically, is that they show us a picture, a picture of what things are like. And in this case, it says, like a tree. And what is a tree like? Well, first they start very small. I don't know if you've ever planted a tree. You can either plant little saplings or you can plant a seed because they really start as small as a seed. And they grow and they get bigger and they get stronger and they get taller and they push their roots down into the soil, into that dirt around the rocks and they get strong into the earth and they grow and they grow and they grow. There's some big trees on the property here. And they're truly a wonder to look at, to just see God's creation and look at trees because they are crazy big and solid. There are trees that can withstand a hurricane. While the house next door is being blown away and there's cars flying through the air, there's trees that just stand in it because they're so rooted and grounded. So this is a good picture for us. We want to be like a tree. We want to grow in our faith until we are strong and solid and tall and can withstand the hurricane. That's who we want to be. We need to be rooted in Christ, rooted in Christ, tied to him, anchored to him. He says he's the vine and we are the branches. If we abide in him and he in us, we're going to bear much fruit. That's what he tells us. Again, the same kind of analogy. Now listen, uh, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, you've received him. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. These are pictures of Christ, and they're all over the scripture. God uses the things that he has made and created to show us what it's like to be his follower, to live a life in him. And they're amazing examples. It starts with the word, like a seed implanted, and then it grows. You see this in a number of different places. You see it in the parable of the sower. Jesus talks about a sower, sowing seeds. Some of it lands on background, some of it good, some of it sprouts up, some of it, and so on. You see the idea, right? And then you see in 1 Corinthians 3, in the letter of the church at Corinth, it talks about, hey, one's planting, one's watering, but God's giving the increase. This idea that this is what our life looks like in Christ, right? This is what it's like to come into the kingdom. This is what it's like to be the godly man, the godly woman, we're always seeking to become stronger and taller and more solid in him. And those who don't, who won't, Jesus talks about those also. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, I in you. You'll bear much fruit. The branch that doesn't bear fruit, what happens? The father prunes it, tosses it in the fire. You're either rooted in Christ and growing, or you're not, and you're withering and dying. 
Remember it said, whose leaf does not wither because of where he's rooted. The branches that do grow, we're told, glorify the Father. Now we're to bear out our fruit in season. If we're growing and abiding in Christ, what we're told here is we will bear fruit. Doesn't mean you're going to have bananas and apples hanging off of your side of your head. This is a a poem. This is a song, okay? But you're going to bear fruit. That means you're going to see new attitudes and new actions as you're being transformed as God is giving you himself. You have new thoughts and you'll do new kinds of things as you become a new creature. Listen to what Jesus says about good fruit and bad fruit. This is Matthew 7, 15 through 20, another part of the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. What does Jesus tell us? There are good trees and there are thorn bushes and thistles. They both bear a kind of fruit, a type of fruit. One is rooted in Christ and produces the fruit of the Spirit. One is rooted in death and spiritual death and produces the works of the flesh. Two paths. Only two. You can only be rooted in one of those two places. Listen to the Lord's words in Jeremiah because this is a really similar passage to this first psalm. It's Jeremiah 17, 5 through. It says, thus says the Lord. This is what the Lord says, okay? Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit in the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land which is not inhabited. That's what that plant looks like. The one who roots themselves in man, trusts in man, makes flesh his strength, parched wilderness Salt land, not inhabited. Now, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Trusts in the Lord. What are those roots tied to? Trust in the Lord. And whose hope is in the Lord. We hope in our resurrection and eternal life in the Lord. You're blessed when you do that. For he shall be like a tree planted by the water. Sound familiar? Which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green. And will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. This is so powerful. When you look at the world, and I'm sure that you all have, you see that people are fighting and barking and beating each other up. People are literally beating each other up, breaking each other's legs, spraying mace at each other over whether or not or this or that, whether you wear a mask or think this or think that in stores. Both sides, I've seen it from both sides, people are crazy. They're going crazy. They're saying all kinds of hateful things to each other. They will not get along. 
They're not trusting the Lord. They're trusting some person to make it right for them. Let me tell you something. There is not a person that will sit in some presidential palace in some other country, in some mayor's house in some city here, in the White House. There are not people in black robes that will sit on the Supreme Court that will ever do anything that God does not allow them to do. God is sovereign. He is sovereign. And he tells us and promises us that he will work all things together for good for those who love him, for those who are the called according to his purpose. You do not have to fear. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to fight. You do not have to bite. Because God has got us. And yet our society is doing this. But the Lord is sovereign over everything. And nothing will happen to you that God does not allow. All things will work together. I promise it always has been. And it always will be that the people of God will prosper. In the way that the people of God want to prosper, which is in the kingdom. Now, I am fine with a good argument. In fact, I quite enjoy a good argument, as many of you know. I have no problem with advocating for the things that we think are right. Don't hear me to be saying that you shouldn't do that. You should. Whether Facebook is a great place to do that or not, I'm not going to get into that argument with you, but it's not. <clears throat> it hasn't been in my experience. There are places, though, to advocate. There are places, though, to say, of course, you should vote biblically. Of course you should. I'm, you're a citizen, okay? Of course you should care about what's right. Of course you should speak up for what's right. But you don't need to be afraid. It should not be causing anger out of fear. Now, I'm angry about things that happen in this world, okay? From, from 2,000 years ago when Christ was there, trust me, he was angry too. You think it's bad here? Christ was walking around at a time when if your baby wasn't the right sex that you wanted it to be or had the slightest imperfection, they just throw it out on the trash heap and let it die. There was a lot of evil that was going on, and, we, and Christians have always spoken against it and always been countercultural against it, and we should continue to do that. But we should not look like them. We should not look like those who have no roots, no trust in God, who only trust in man and the strength of man. They're afraid. We simply speak the truth, advocate for the truth, and trust in God and know that he's sovereign. And we can spend a lot of time focusing on the great things about God, too, and not just the tough things that are happening, because 2020, right? We cannot trust in man. We cannot trust in the strength of the arms of people. We only trust in the Lord. How many times did God defeat armies and nations for his people just because they trusted him. And when they didn't, they got defeated. It was that simple. That's us too. We trust him to fight the battle. That's who we are. I will not fear. I will not fear. You ought not fear Christ follower. God says we're cursed when we trust in man. According to the scriptures, when we trust in man and make flesh our strength, instead of making God our strength, it says our hearts depart from the Lord. Now, I don't know any, any of you that I know well who are Christ followers, the last thing that you would ever want to have happen is that your heart would be departing from the Lord. We don't want that. We want our heart tied in, rooted in to the Lord. But when we trust in man and strength, 
Oftentimes, by the way, it's not some politician or some leader or our boss or whoever. It's our own flesh that we trust in and our own strength that we trust. And that's where we fall more than anywhere else. When we do that, our hearts depart from the Lord. When our hearts depart from the Lord, we're not strong, healthy trees bearing the fruit of the Spirit of God. We're shrubs in a parched, salt, desert wilderness. Trust in the Lord if you want to be a Psalm 1 tree, period. Meditate on his law day and night. Or what you can expect to grow if you're going to root yourself in your own flesh or in, in people or in whatever you can expect to go are the works of the flesh. That's what will grow there. That's the bad fruit that you'll get. If you want the fruit of the Spirit, you have to abide in the Lord. And here it is. I'm going to tell you what the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit are. This is according to my God and King who has inspired Scripture and told us this. This is not me telling you this. This is what he says. So let's listen closely and see if we see ourselves in here. Galatians 5, 16 through 26. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. Two paths. Two paths. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Which are? Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lewdness. Idolatry. Sorcery. Hatred. Contentions. Jealousies. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And remember, these are things that start in our heart as we learn from Jesus Christ. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, shalom, wholeness, right? Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We must produce good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's where I want to see myself in this passage. And I don't always see myself there. Sometimes I see myself on that other side. And I know why I see myself on the other side sometimes. Because I'm rooting myself in the flesh, trusting in man, trusting in my own flesh, and not trusting the Lord. But we don't have to be that way. We can live in the fruit of the Spirit. We can have the fruit of the Spirit because we can be like a tree planted by the water courses, streams of water. All this water everywhere, and our, our, our roots are in it, so they're always being nourished. That's who we can be. That's who we are in Jesus Christ, because we have the Holy Spirit. He's working in us, fountains of living water, empowering us, teaching us, drawing us closer to God, sealing us in Christ, in God for eternity. So how does all that happen? As we let Jesus be the Lord of our lives, as we finally get out of the way, get off our own path, and follow Him.
And if you have questions about all this, or we can help you find that peace and hope, call us, won't you? 360-885-9000. No tricks, no gimmicks, just new life in Christ. 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us for part two with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.